How do you feel about catheters? Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 145 for the week of February 21st, 2022. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about all the voices from San Marino to Azerbaijan. To Azerbaijan. I'm not I'm not Linda. It has wormed its way into my brain to just Azerbaijan. Baku. Uh- <laughs> Lorraine. One of these days, it is going to cause an international incident. Anyways, how are you, Mike? I'm doing well. I had salad just about every day this week, and I'm feeling both hot and cool at the same time. Someone's been listening to the songs. A little bit, yes. How are you doing? Uh, You know, I am good. The Olympics are over, which is sad, but it's fine because I still have plenty of things to watch. There was so much activity this weekend, Mike, and it's nowhere near done. Yeah, I haven't even really bothered with the Olympics this year because there's just been too much other TV coming out of other countries that I've been focusing on. Yes, it is a busy time if you are a streamer like we are. I could tell that it was finally proper Eurovision season because news happens like 10 minutes after we get done recording because we had been talking about Kelly Clarkson last time on the show. And as it turns out, she is one of the hosts of the American Song Contest. Good for Kelly Clarkson. It was announced during the Super Bowl. Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg are going to be co-hosts? Sure? Sure. He's great at hosting stuff, too. Like, he pops up. He's got that whole friendship with Martha Stewart that's very entertaining. I think if you had asked me a month ago who I would pick to host, I don't think I would have a good answer to that question, but I don't think I would have thrown these two together. And now I'm very curious to see what the chemistry is going to be like. No, like I probably would have panicked and just gone Carson Daly. Especially since this is kind of taking the spot of the voice uh, for, I was going to say spring semester, for the spring season. (laughs) Carson deserves a break, I I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's been busy for so many years. He deserves a break and Kelly and Snoop Dogg should be great hosts. We will be covering the American Song Contest over on our Patreon. That is going to be starting on March 21st, assuming no more delays. In the meantime, we do have a couple of bonus episodes over there. One talking about the Junior Eurovision Song Contest way back in December, if you want to feel old. Our most recent one was uh, Ben talking about working Eurovision into this year's mystery hunt. We are putting little fun bonus episodes over there, so so come check it out. The other major news item that happened after we got done recording last week is Ukraine. Ukraine happened. So much, so much Ukraine. There's a lot going on there right now, and Eurovision is definitely not a priority, but in the context of our show, there's a lot of stuff going on as well. Alina Pash is not going to be Ukraine's representative. There were concerns about her having entered Crimea. And the Crimea situation is front and center in Ukraine. Yes, and has been for years at this point. But in particular for Eurovision, there was the whole deal with Maruv in 2019. And it's really been a no-go for Ukrainian entrants since then. Right. I guess there was paperwork that was supposed to be provided as part of the application process. And the documents that Alina provided were not legitimate. I'm still not 100% clear on all of the details. 
it was very much a thing that by the time I realized what all was happening about this, it had all happened. Uh, so she has withdrawn her participation and has fired her manager who provided the forged documents. And the last that we heard, Kalush Orchestra, who finished in second place at Vidbeer, have been offered the opportunity to be Ukraine's representative. This happened on Friday. We've not received confirmation from the Ukrainian delegation yet that they are going to be moving forward with that invitation or really what's going on. Because again, Eurovision is not a priority right not now. Not a priority. Like they're, yeah, they, they are plenty busy elsewhere, more as the story develops with Ukraine, but that's that's what we know. Getting out of the corrections from last week, Azerbaijan announced their artist for Eurovision. They have selected uh, Nadir Restamli, who won the voice of Azerbaijan the second season. And he happened to be coached by Eldar from Ellen Nikki, who won Eurovision for Azerbaijan back in 2011. Nadir also represented Azerbaijan at the 2019 Youth Vision International Song Contest, which I had not heard about until I looked up his <laughs> his Instagram. So. Yeah, which, which is a, a different thing than Junior Eurovision. Yeah, although the structure of it seems very, very similar. Another contest to add to the list. We don't have any information on when his song is going to drop, what his style of song is going to be. Uh, there are videos floating around on YouTube of his appearances on The Voice, and yeah, he's got a good voice. No wonder he won. <laughs> That's so. a big surprise. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it feels very much like Azerbaijan is sort of going back to how they used to pick things with, we have a singer, we have some songs, we're going we're gonna to smash them together until we find the right fit. I have a feeling in the next week or two, not just because we are getting closer to the deadline, but things are going to be a little bit quieter on the selection show front, that we're probably going to be getting a lot of internal announcements now that there's not as much clutter in the field. Yes, I I feel like we are already starting to see artists stake out various days that they are going to release their song for the ones where we know the internal selection has been made. Yes, and please pick weekdays. Please pick days. Other yeah, just please pick weekdays. We love weekdays <laughs> here at the Eurowhat because our Saturdays are booked and busy. And oh boy, this Saturday was booked, Mike. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like I think it was from 2 to 2.30 Chicago time. There were seven shows on. And it was like, I can't pick one. That is the benefit of having multiple hosts on this program is that we can divide the labor. I took one for the team. I, I fell on the sword and I watched Norway. And you know what? The final wasn't bad. All right. The final was a lot of fun. Did I watch it live? No, because I know it's on demand and because I have been through the preceding five weeks and and was getting very frustrated. But all in all, I don't like, I was about to say, I don't know how they do it. I do know how they do it because they've shown me an excruciating process how the sausage is made. Somehow, despite all the chaos that we have carped about the last couple weeks, the final was pretty good. They had a, a nice wide range of songs to choose from. Some that I would have picked and some that I would not have, but that's always how it is with sort of a national final. Ultimately, I think the right thing won. And I would even potentially say I think the right final two things out of their final four were there. Really? Yeah. Let's talk about who won because it was Subwoofer. Give that wolf a banana. We'll be going to Turin. I'm so excited about this one winning, Mike. I'm not fully on board with the extensive YouTubes of people going, okay, but like if we look at the difference in height, 
between the tall one and the short one. That is the height difference between these two performers. And this one did Instagram story things. Yeah, I... I am very curious what the next couple of months are going to be like with this group, partly because we're now starting to get information about all of the pre-party events that are hopefully going to happen in April, and no word yet on if they're going to attend. But where my thought has gone with this is if and when they make it to the grand final, that is going to be a miserable day for them because they are going to be trapped in those yellow full body suits, not really able to eat or drink easily. And the grand final day, the first part of the day is a dress rehearsal. So they're going to be in costume all day for that. And then they have the grand final and they're probably not going to be able to go off camera a lot, particularly if this song does well at your vision. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're just going to be stuck in these costumes for an uncomfortable amount of time. So uh, I-, I hope they're getting mentally prepared for that. Yeah, just, just, just like somebody over at Melody Grand Prix HR needs to like have a meeting and be like, guys, okay. Great news, you're going to Turin. Bad news, here's what that looks like. Let's talk about this. How do you feel about catheters? No. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about catheters? I was dipping in and out of Norway. Since it did start a little bit earlier than the other shows, I was able to watch the first couple of performances. I was very curious as to whether or not the audience was genuinely receptive to this song because that was one thing that was different with the grand final was that they had a live audience this time the audience seemed to be into it like you could see the subwoofer section in the audience also there were like cuts to like various other parties that were happening Mm -hmm. and like the subwoofer room was great there were all manner of subwoofer heads there was a person who was the banana there was a person who was the grandma Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like, I I highly recommend going back and and watching those portions of things because they were (laughs) wild. And also, the final staging of this for the final, where they they changed the backing dancers to also be in the yellow suits, was great. Like, that was just, like, the chef's kiss, final, like, early days of the mass Singer chaotic background dancers that I had been missing. I don't know. I found it kind of jarring to look at, but maybe that was just because I had seen the, the pre-performance the one that they did during the competition weeks like i watched it multiple times i've actually watched this final performance multiple times so i think i'm just going to have to admit that i enjoy this entry (laughs) my favorite performance was the one after they had won at where you have like all of the other contestants behind them on the stage attempting to learn the choreography in real time yeah one one of the guys from north kid i could see was just like looking over and trying to match the steps and was really in like choreography mode and or like wedding dance mode (laughs) yes annalisa kamoji had it down in immediately (laughs) she was ready to go so the final four was elsie bay and subwoofer who were like in all the internet chatter i'd seen those were the two that think people had it come down to were those two uh but elsie bay was not in the gold duel uh north kid was and sophie fjellvang also was in the final four and i liked her song a lot i thought maybe she'd been an auto qualifier in terms of quality but this is the second year in a row where norway's Final four has been mostly things that auto-qualified. Thankfully, they spread out the lineup enough so that it wasn't all week one things. That North Kid song has grown on me a lot, and I know that a couple weeks ago we can go to the audio where I was very mean about their Normcore outfits. And I still kind of stand by that because like now one of them just like was not in it and kind of stood out. But but like the song was very good. And honestly, uh the teen girl demographic cannot be ignored, and I feel like that was where their vote could go for was was the cute boys. Oh, and also if you look at the vote breakdown, uh North Kid as their name would suggest, is from Northern Norway, the North Norway vote was very much towards them. Like, it was like 75-25 
Oh, wow. For okay. North Kid. All right. Yeah, that that <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Norway a lot in the lead up to May. Yes, so. <laughs> I, I, I definitely do, too. But again, I feel like they could have just put together a very well-packed final and not done five weeks of lead up to this, because I feel like a lot of good stuff got through, but like we didn't need to be in charge of it. I will say it's not the worst process. We will be talking about what I think is the worst process a little later on. Ooh, so. <laughs> excited about that. Uh, but elsewhere, other people who popped up, uh, there was a fun medley where they took a bunch of the, their previous entries and put polka underneath them. And I would like full versions of all of the polka versions. Thank you. Huh. Was there any reason why or just... I mean, I'm sure that there was... But it was in Norwegian, so I did not pick it up at the time. I was just like, oh, they're just playing a bunch of their previous entries, but with the instrumentals replaced by Pocus. There was Tix's song. There was Spirit in the Sky. There was, I think, Wigwam as well. So just like wide ranging the last couple, like decade and a half or so of just like whatever work that they could put Poka backing for. All right. You do you, Norway. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, Amanda Tenfjord, who is Greece's entry this year, but lives in Norway, was also at Melody Grand Prix because she was in the neighborhood. Yeah, they interviewed her in Norwegian and just sort of asked her, like, how that was going. Oh, nice. Well, Norway was on. I was actually watching Emma, or at least the first part of Emma. Uh, I was eagerly awaiting San Marino's show, but I was able to watch, like, the first half of performances live on Slovenian television. And it was a really fun final. Slovenia, I think, is a, like, kind of a secret. A hidden gem. Yes, Their winner was LPS with the song Disco. And I'm really excited about this entry. LPS came out of the Emma Fresh process, which was their emerging artist competition that was happening at the end of last year. Uh, They finished fourth in that process. Once they got to the semifinals, they did rather well. They won the jury vote in their semi and came second with the public. In the final, Slovenia had sort of a composite jury of fan groups, journalists, songwriters, and had a composite score. They finished second with them, and then they won the televote. So, like, they're very solid winner. And I really like the song. Like, it was really reminding me a lot of Dothy Frere's entries from the last couple of years. Yes, that was my note as well when I went back to this one today. Is like, oh, this is the Dothy Frere uh, influence on the competition. I could also, I think, point the Dothy Fur influence at what Norway selected because uh, Give That Wolf a Banana feels very TikTok friendly. I think audio-wise, LPS, definitely. And like, as someone who likes this sound, I'm not mad about this choice. Speaking of Emma Fresh, they are very young. I'm excited to see how this entry evolves. Its studio version's not available on Spotify yet, so I'm, I'm eager to hear what that sounds like. But they seem very comfortable on stage, and it's another band that is going to be at Eurovision, which like that used to be so rare. And I have a feeling we're going to be getting a lot of that. I feel like we're going to get a lot of bands this year. Congratulations. And what else was happening uh, in the Balkans? Yes. While you were watching Emma, I was watching Dora. This was my second time watching Croatia and I, I enjoyed it a lot, but like it also really felt like 
Croatia was kind of salty about not getting through last year because like it opened up and we had like a very good uh, this is what you missed TikTok performance from Albina. Uh, but then it also felt like Croatia was like trying to stack their deck of like, well, we tried to set an up tempo thing last year and it didn't win. So we're not setting one this year. There were a lot of very moody things, a lot of more slow ballady things like I believe uh, a proste i'm sorry was the favorite to win that was a very good ballad bernarda from last year was back and had almost like a house pop sort of a deal going on toma had a great sort of uptempo song last year and this year had a ballad that i do not feel suited him i particularly like marco bojnak's molizanas and that came in second overall when it came in i was like oh man this did it because it had 108 points with the televote when everything before it had been like the 40s or the highest had been like 60 points out of nowhere, I was like, oh, this is the choice. And then Mia's song got 166 points Whoa. with the televote. Yeah, I got 91 points with the jury. Decisive choice by them. What ended up winning was Mia Dimchik's Guilty Pleasure. Have you given this one a listen, Mike? I've given it a couple of listens. I'm kind of fond of this one. I feel like I I need to take another listen to really kind of focus in on the lyrics, but I think there's a playfulness and kind of a Taylor Swift vibe. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, again, Croatia seemed to kind of stack the deck with a lot of moodier things, although they did have some fun stuff in the mix. My first couple listens, it's not doing a lot for me. It's kind of mid-tempo and there, and I thought that they had more dynamic choices. Like the staging of this, there's a contemporary dancer that's kind of dancing around her. I'm not sure if that staging is really elevating the song all that much, but this this song, it it felt current. Later over one of the breaks while they were tabulating votes, I was trying to figure out like, what song is this? And it was Albina covering Maria Magdalena. Ooh. Hearing the intro to Maria Magdalena, I'm like, why why is this familiar? Why do... And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh... This is this one song that I like a lot. Maria Magdalena is one of Croatia's best performances. I should probably go back and watch Dora like that. It sounds like it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, the one that I wanted to watch was Poland's national final, because they haven't done a national final in in a little bit. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I was not able to get the stream to work at all. TVP, figure out your website. But was able to catch up with which one won, and the winner coming out of Poland is Christian Achman and his song River. Just float away, bury all of my things, bury me in my skin. All that I've done, oh Lord, I'm done. Who would want to be king? Pulling too many strings. All that I've done, oh Lord, I'm Christian, who actually goes by Achman uh, as, as a performer, uh, is from Massachusetts, America. That, that is what the press release said. Yep. No. <laughs> the framing of it as Massachusetts, America is such a weird framing because Massachusetts is, is a state. Please be more specific. Is he from the Boston area? Is he from like Amherst on the west side of the state? I have been terrified that there's going to just be like a local news story at any point in my area. Keep your eyes open. 
Ackman won the Voice of Poland in 2020. The way that the final worked, there were 10 songs that were competing, and there was a 50-50 split to determine who the top three were going to be. Uh, Daria's song, Paranoia, won the jury, so she was part of the top three, and then you also had Christian and Unmute. The super final was determined solely by Televote, and Ackman did quite well. He got 51% of the vote, so he was the decisive winner of the three entries. So congratulations for winning. What do you think of this song? I've listened to it a few times, and it kind of feels like it's doing arcade on like a speed run. All the technical elements are there. Uh, the artistry is kind of there. I, I'm I'm talking in skating terms because I've been watching a lot of the figure skating this week. Yeah, but I think that is a fair comparison where it's just like, okay, you are hitting all of these required elements and then trying to add some flair. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure the flair is necessarily The twizzles at- need work. Yes. Also, it like, so we are hitting a moment in music where like all of a sudden albums I remember are hitting their their decades so the music sites i read are like it's this album's 10th birthday i'm like it can't be that because then i would be 10 years older and that can't be true one of the artists whose debut album is having its 10th birthday this year is lana del rey and this one reminds me of the lana del rey song blue jeans which has a couple of covers from that year from male artists and that one i think got remixed along with a couple of her other songs where it feels like it's like a like a lana del rey remix interesting yeah oh okay huh Yeah, because I think one of the things that catches me about this song is how compacted the wording is, especially in the bridge to the chorus. Like, it's just really trying to pack a lot in a short amount of time. Uh Uh-huh. It's like at 1.15 speed. Right. I feel like I'm going to need to sit with this one for a little bit. I mean, we've mentioned this with a few entries over the last couple of weeks. It feels like there's some good bones here, and it might just need a little bit of reworking. I'm curious to see how this one develops. Another selection that I did not watch, although I did watch a lot of tweets come in about it, was Malta. Did you watch Malta, Mike? I saw enough of Malta to really get a bad taste in my mouth. I was focusing mainly on San Marino, which we will get into in a minute. But yeah, with Malta's process, when I switched over, they were just finishing up handing out the jury votes and going into the televote standings. Everything about this process is just so disrespectful to the people participating in it, and it really bothered me. Oh, do go on. There was a semifinal on Thursday with 22 acts, and we knew going in that 16 of them were going to advance to the final, which is like, okay, so you're just cutting six people? Why is this a two-step process? Either just have 16 songs and have a final, or do a legit semifinal. Cut that down. Be bold in your choices, the courage of your convictions. And it's not a budget TV scheduling thing either, because they didn't reveal the results of the semifinal until a special the following day. So it's like, okay, you have these two nights of programming. Why not just have them be two nights of, of the same program? Right. And then after they announced the 16, there was a wild card added to the mix. What? That is how Jessica, who was part of the team that represented San Marino back in 2018 with the robots and stuff, that was how she got into the final. So there were 17 acts in the final. So that means to five of these acts, that's just harsh, I think. Yes, that's that's horrible. Goes through the scoreboard, and the jury had like two clear favorites. The winner, uh, Emma Muscat and Out of Sight, which swept the jury. She got 12 points from all five jurors. And then Aiden and his song Ritmu got 10 points from 
all five jurors. So like it was it was pretty clear that it was between those two. It was supposed to be a 50-50 split between the jury and the televote. I believe it was Dale from uh, the Aussie Vision podcast, uh, like did did the math afterwards and tweeted about it later, where the audience vote was actually just an additional juror. Like it was not a 50-50 split in points. It was a proportional split of 58 points to spread among 17 contestants. Oh, boo. (laughs) Boo, indeed. So there were a few contestants that got zero points from the televote. Jessica got zero points from the jury, got one point from the televote. So I hope you enjoyed the wild card. Like, what is that? <laughs> With Latvia's process, there was one act that was added on as the 11th act of a, out of a 10-act final. And when you look at the numbers there, they also came in 11th with both the jury and the televoters. So what was that for? That situation's a little bit different because there were technical problems, and this was kind of like a make-good, being like, oh, you may have been disadvantaged, so we're letting you go into the final. That was not the case here. The audience voted on who got that wild card, because the audience vote for the other 16 spots was not enough. Like, it's it's just bananas. And (laughs) the eventual winner, Emma Muscat, she only got 20 points. That's more than a third of the points that were available for the televote, but it's just like, Malta. What are you doing? Her winning song, Out of Sight. one it feels like a jury favorite song i don't know i've watched it two times and it, like it it feels like a competently made song but it also kind of goes nowhere yeah that's kind of my takeaway with it as well feels like a four minute song that just sort of abruptly stops at three minutes like there should be like a reprise of the chorus with like a key change yeah there's the video and like the little kid who's like oh i don't like the staging at all yeah and it's like well the little kid's not going to be in turin so uh <laughs> What what is your plan B here? I did like your suggestion of a ventriloquist dummy, and I do think Malta should try it. Shot for shot remake of that, but ventriloquist dummy. And Emma's the one who has to operate it, and it's just like, <laughs> kind of like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's a shame because like I think she has a good voice, and like, oh yeah, no, like I think she yeah. as a singer, she's good. I feel like the material is B minus. The fact that this is what is coming out of an incredibly obnoxious process. It feels like Malta is just stealing defeat from the jaws of victory a lot of the time. And yeah, I, I I don't know what their plan is. And the fact that they were the last one to finish on Saturday, I guess there were a lot of ads during the show, which I think is par for the course uh, from from my recollection of the last time that we had uh, MESC. My distinct recollection of the last time Malta had this process was that I was rooting for the online grocery store jingle to win. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perhaps after a few weeks and get to forget about this process and get to examine this song with a clear head it'll it'll be yeah just like, yeah purely on received. the merits of as a song and not as part of an annoying hours-long process but don't do your national finals this way countries like romania did this a couple of years ago too and it's just like it left very sour taste in everybody's mouth so yep. <laughs> yep in terms of processes that surprisingly worked una voce san marino completed its first run what a weird and wild week that was 
Uh-huh. <laughs> did you watch any of it during the week? I did not watch any of it during the week just because it came at like the part of late afternoon where I do have to do my work for the day. Yeah, I was only able to watch the first uh, night of it. Uh, so last Sunday. One of the things that I appreciated was the running order was straight up alphabetical. Like there wasn't anything about like, oh, <laughs> yes. the dreaded two slot. It was just like, nope, alphabetical by first name or the name of your group. <laughs> and that made it very easy to organize the spreadsheet and keep track of like who went. Uh, if I wasn't paying attention when the Chiron was up, it, it was awesome. For the first few rounds, it was people in what looked like a high school auditorium, uh, because that's probably what it was. <laughs> they would just go perform their song, and uh, after like 15 to 20 uh, performers, the eight that the judges liked got to come back and do a cover song. Three of those participants uh, would then move on to the Emerging Artist semifinal. The other ones would go to a wild card round that would be held later in the week. So they did that for the first three nights to get through the 60 non-San Marino acts. Uh, then there was uh, one night where it was just the six San Marino artists that were competing. Then they had their wild card round to fill out the rest of the Emerging Artist semifinal on Friday. They picked their nine acts to advance, and Saturday's show was 18 acts of nine emerging artists and nine established artists. One of those established artists was Achille Loro, who just a couple weeks ago was competing at San Remo, uh, did not win there. So it's like, oh, let's head on over to San Marino since we're in town. <laughs> yeah. And he ended up winning with his song, Stripper. It's just a really wild process, but it turned into a really good final. Sunit was one of the hosts. Uh, mm -hmm. so she was doing a whole bunch of performances. She did a live version of Freaky as a duet with Valentina Manetta. So, like, my heart was singing at the end of the day. <laughs> I had this on my laptop while watching other things mm -hmm. as part of Saturday. I would like occasionally look over and like I caught Spanya's performance and that was delightful. Yes. Uh like I was I was rooting for Spanya. Would peek over and be like, oh hey, Sunita's just doing ABBA covers. Yep. With her wig off. Yep. Just sitting there on the piano like Liberace's candelabra. <laughs> yep. Uh <laughs> And like, like looked over, like, oh, it's sitting doing a duet with someone, and did not turn on the audio because if I had turned on the audio, I, I would have realized it was Valentina Mineta. And now I'm realizing they were covering Freaky. Now I'm just doubly mad at myself. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed kind of like a San Marino alumni reunion. Like the only people who weren't there, like Sir Hat wasn't there, and the two kids from 2015, I don't think were in attendance. But uh yeah i was like oh san marino this is delightful and yeah i think everybody was just kind of surprised it's like oh this kind of worked the, like the first week of the process was very um yeah, you could tell that this is the first time that they tried to do this sort of thing which that's not shade at all like i think if you and i were tasked with this we'd be like oh we'd be lucky if we were able to pull off uh -huh, something no, like the first year's level. always gonna be a little bit rough it's fine yeah they ended up turning out a final that was a lot of fun. They moved things along. And 
yeah, there's just a lot of really good performances. Everybody seemed to have a really good time. Kelly Loro doesn't really do much for me, but the horny on main part of Twitter I was say, was congratulations really to the internet. Uh, <laughs> he won. I understood Monoskin last year. I was like, I, I was on board with that, and like Akile Laura, I'm like, okay, I kind of get why the, I kind of get like why this one, but also just like the song itself is doing nothing for me. I'm happy for the internet that he won, and I'm happy for Akile Laura that he gets to go to Eurovision and that, and that he's performing in Italian. That feels great for San Marino. Is San Marino in the conversation now? This is wild. So, <laughs> so good job, San Marino. And they've already confirmed that they're going to do this process again next year. Hopefully, they, they trim a little bit of the fat. Like, I, I think there there are some improvements that can be made. But mm-hmm. congratulations, like this this worked. So, <laughs> but also, Sunit and Valentina start working on a new composition for next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of secretly hoping that the jury was going to come back and be like, oh, if we changed our mind, it's you two. <laughs> they now have all of next year to like do all 12 concept videos again. If they did some version of like The Boy Is Mine or uh, Enough Is Enough or some other like female like dual ballad type thing, yeah, that would that would be amazing. So <laughs> what is Manskin doing? As long as we're in San Marino, I mean, Italy is like right around the corner. Uh, Cosa sta facendo Monoskin? They've, they've been busy the last few weeks, so like I, I think they deserve a little bit of a rest. They can, yeah, uh, they can have some downtime. I did end up stumbling across a social media study that determined that Monoskin was the favorite new rock act of 2021. It was a study that was looking at all of the different sort of music streaming opportunities so radio twitter tiktok facebook all all of the music services and in the rock category monoskin ended up reaching the top of this methodology i'll have a link to the study in the show notes if you are a nerd like me and like to read this sort of stuff (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um yeah congrats so (laughs) hopefully it continues into 2022 so yes uh, and then uh, I Want to Be Your Slave has been certified platinum in the UK. So go Monoskin. So it is going into 2022. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> this week, it's going to be a lot quieter than last week, which I am looking forward to. Australia will have their third uh, edition of Australia Decides. 11 artists are competing. There were 10 that were selected by the producers and then one TikTok wild card that was thrown in. Uh, All the songs are on Spotify, and we've got a playlist uh, assembled for that that you can find on our Spotify page uh, at Your What Podcast. And uh, the show is scheduled to happen at 7.30 p.m. on Saturdays, local time for Gold Coast, uh, which is 4.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern. Uh, Ben, will you be waking up for Australia? Um, I might set an alarm, but I am definitely going to wake up and be like, why did I do this? And immediately go back to bed. Apologies to Australia. I did my best. (laughs) And then Finland, their UMK process is also happening on Saturday at a less ungodly hour. Uh, Seven artists will be competing in that. Uh, Blind Channel is scheduled to perform. And uh, what I like about this year's UMK process is the split is 75-25 Televote Jury. I think that's a fun way to do that split uh, if you're not going to do 50-50. Like, give it a tip it into the audience's favor a little bit. Also happening on Saturday is the start of Iceland's Song of the Cabinet process. They pushed that back a week just because of Omicron, which I think is great because, oh my gosh, 
We would have had that on this Saturday, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't want that to take a backseat. I'm very intrigued by this year's field. So the way that Songbook Cadden is, is happening this year is the same way as happened in recent years. There are going to be two semifinals with five artists performing in Icelandic each week. Two artists from each week, uh, just with a combo, I think, of jury vote and televote, go through to the final. Uh, and then there's an optional judges wild card that always does seem to get deployed. So I would expect a five artist final. Uh, the final performances will be in whatever combo of Icelandic and English the performers plan to use at Eurovision. It's always interesting to see how how that sort of shakes out. Uh, and in terms of names in the mix, I had primarily been looking at performers, but in looking at the writers, I have a few other things to call out. I had previously mentioned that Marketa Irglova, who has an Oscar, is performing a song that she wrote. Uh, the one that I have my eyes on is like the Hatari option is uh, Daughters of Reykjavik. Admittedly, I have heard none of these songs plan to go in blind, but like that is where my thought is, is that if Iceland wants to continue their interesting energy, they should do that. But also, there could be other cool things in the mix, because uh, as somebody who's gotten way more into Icelandic music than an American probably should in the last couple of years, one of the songs from Katla has uh, Joip and Crowley as co-authors, and I like them a lot. And there's some previous writers of... Eurovision stuff for them in the mix. There's just a lot of very interesting stuff happening. I'm very happy that that one's gotten kicked into this part of the schedule so that we have more time to appreciate it. Yeah, I think that was a happy accident. This will be a nice one to wrap up Saturday with. Yes. Uh, and then Sweden is still happening. And just to check in on on this week, Heat 3, this was a very fun set, I thought, that had like the downside of the things I was less interested in going through to the direct-to-final. That kind of seems to be part and parcel of Melfest is they have slots to fill. Uh, but Anders Baga's Bigger Than the Universe and Faith Kakembo's Freedom, which again, both good songs. Sweden doesn't really skimp on those, but they were just sort of like the obvious ballad and the obvious kind of messed song choices. I did not get Bigger Than the Universe. Like, what? Yeah, no, that, that one was just like so done. But like the audience was going nuts for it. And I... I don't know like what I was missing on that. Mm -hmm. Freedom was fine. It really sounds to me like the sequel to Voices. Oh, good. Yeah, no, my, my notes for that one are Voices 2.0. Yeah, so sure. Like, sure, yeah. I, I guess. But Sweden, you also did that. Do something new. Yeah. Uh, I was more intrigued by, uh, I liked the oddball energy of Cassiopeia's I Can't Get Enough. I'm glad that one was the opener to the show. I think that was that was a good choice. And I was not surprised that she won the toddler vote. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, no. Just bright colors. Uh, but also, she has written for various K-pop groups. So mm. not not surprised to see her in the mix at Melfest. Uh, and then I was pleasantly surprised that Lisa Mikowski's, uh Best to Come made it through. I like the staging of that one. I thought the staging was interesting. It reminded me of like trying to get on the train at the State and Lake Red Line stop uh, on like Sunday afternoon, where there's buskers mm -hmm. and way too many people. <laughs> yes. It's just like, oh, this is this is putting me in a bad mind space right now. But <laughs> I, I like the vibe, like the overall vibe that she was trying to go for. And again, I think all of the stuff they that didn't make it through this week was at least uniformly fun. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like I don't think there were any. So well. I mean, the, the songs that I did not like but, were the ones that there, there were final, some that but. we were less fond of, but they made it direct to final. So we'll deal with them in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. And I did also want to uh, shout out one of our listeners who contacted a friend in Sweden last week and verified that six-year-olds do have devices. Th thanks for that saddening piece of news. Yeah, thank you for letting us know about Swedish screen time. <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, this week has kind of some heavy hitters in terms of the lineup. Like, Anna Bergendahl is back and has a song, and I'm excited to hear it. Clara Hammerstrom has, is back, has a song, I'm excited to hear it. Louis' sister is there, and sure. Yeah. I presume they have a song, too. I presume they have uh, a song. And... TB- TBD if you're excited about it. <laughs> it's Melfest. Like, it's Melfest. <laughs> Sweden gonna Sweden. So. Sweden is going to Sweden. Uh, but no, like, still kind of a Super Saturday, but slightly less super which i think i'm fine with i i oh, I, I, I need a break it's shaping up to be a different eurovision different from last year but i don't think it's different in a bad way i think it's just different in a different way it's good different it's yes good different and on that note that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the euro what podcast is hosted by ben smith that's me and mike lacombe that's me show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at eurowhat.com There, you can also find links to our social media, Patreon, and all the buttons to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. As we record this, we have 25 artists and 18 songs intending to compete in Turin in May. We'll be back next week to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 